What exactly is at stake for the Atlanta Falcons entering the 2023 NFL Draft? And we'll also break down 20 prospects that the Falcons could rank highly on their draft board through the first four rounds. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. Sirius Black, and, of course, the very humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, or daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, then this is the game definitely for you. All you have to do to download the game is visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores and our listeners will get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. And guys, I thank everyone that makes this illustrious podcast their first listen. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So later in today's episode, we will be looking at a draft board. Got some graphics for you, better than the last time. So if you're checking us out on YouTube where you get the podcast the night before the audio drops, by all means, if you're listening to the audio, you know, continue to listen to the audio. But if you just want to get the fun visuals, of course, come check us out on the Lockdown Falcons YouTube channel. But we're starting off today's episode uh, on this Thursday morning, as many of you guys, as cer- certainly the people are listening to the audio version of the podcast, uh, are listening to this, you know, only a few hours before the draft, and let's talk about why this draft matters, right? And it's not going to be because reasons, you know, that you often hear where people will basically say, oh, it's going to make or break this team. And if they get this pick right or this pick wrong, boom, you know, everything falls out. Any longtime listener of this illustrious podcast, you know, anybody that's out here being my everydayers, you know, knows that I'm not a big believer in saviors. And as an aside, you know, I feel like there's far too much discourse in today's NFL media that treats football kind of like basketball, where we kind of, in that sport, we marvel at the singular abilities of LeBron James and KD and Steph Curry, Trey Young, to will their teams to victory. And, you know, I feel like this is sort of veered into, bled into how we talk about quarterbacks in today's NFL, why, you know, quarterbacks get all the credit when the team wins, all the blame when the team loses, all that stuff. But I digress. The point is football is a team sport. It's the ultimate team sport. It's about 11 guys, 22 guys, 48 guys, 53 guys, however many you want to put out there, working together to create a greater whole. And one team or one player, one pick is not going to make or break you. Certainly can help or hurt you by no means, but you're never going to hear me say this pick or this draft is going to make or break this football team. It's about the accumulation of the 11 guys, the 22 guys, the 53 guys, right? The cumulative whole is going to make or break your success. But that being said, this draft does matter, right? And the reason why it matters is because the Falcons are a rebuilding team. And it feels like that notion gets lost a lot this offseason from people on both sides, right? The extremely positive people, you know, more power to you, but... You know, they, they tend to take the approach that, hey, the Falcons, with one offseason of spending, 
have basically hit the fast forward button on their rebuild and they basically skipped all the steps and now they can go immediately to competing at the highest levels at the top of the NFC and the NFL. And it does feel like the opposite end of the spectrum is on the opposite side of the coin, which is the people that are often so overly critical of the Falcons and, and whatnot is because they are also holding them to that standard of like, well, you're not a team that's going to compete at the top of the NFC or the NFL right now immediately. And so therefore they're failing and therefore Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot are doing a bad job. Now, one of the benefits of doing this podcast is I've learned patience over the years. That's one of the benefits of needing to provide illustrious content for your first listen five days a week is I don't feel as compelled to have to get every single take off that I have. I can wait till tomorrow. I can wait till next week. I can wait till next month, sometimes even next year. Right. And so I, that patience in mind, I can, I can be patient. We're, we're one year fully into this rebuild. Right. And I feel like th- this past year where I was one of these people, very critical of, of this regime, you know, going back nine months ago. But I feel like in the last nine months, they've shown that this team is moving in the right direction. Now, maybe they're not moving at the pace that some people would prefer, but I hope they continue to move in that direction. I think the draft is going to be able to allow them to continue moving in the right direction to a team that can be a playoff contending team and a perennial playoff contending team. And then with still forward momentum, maybe even more than that, the the idea of playing meaningful games in January, you know, maybe all of a sudden we're talking about in a couple of years playing meaningful games in the month of February. Who knows? Right. And I think whether they're able to achieve that is going to be in part due to the foundation that they continue to lay, that they've been laying for the last two drafts and will continue now for this third draft in this 2023 draft by drafting well. Now, whether they draft well, whether they draft poorly, you know, those are going to be the factors that determine their success long term. But here's the kicker. We're not going to know if they drafted well for several years now. And again, that goes back to the point of patience, right? We, we know that three years from now, we'll have the answers over whether or not this is a good draft. Right. We can look back three years to the 2020 draft and say, you know, it was a mixed bag. Right. We know t- A.J. Terrell was a good pick. Marlon Davidson, not so much. You know, Michael Walker, Jalen Hawkins, you know, fourth round picks, solid depth guys. Probably not more than that. Jury's still out on Matt Hennessy. Right. And I think, you know, one of the things that's going to be fascinating to watch in this draft is what is the Falcons answers at that left guard position that Matt Hennessy is currently penciled the top of. And it's going to kind of tell us how they feel about Matt Hennessy. If they're really confident in Matt Hennessy, they may not take a left guard. If they don't have that confidence in Matt Hennessy, maybe they do take a left guard, right? And some of that is dependent on how much confidence they have in the, in the current players, you know, that they have drafted at that left guard position over the last couple of years. And, you know, that's going to be also an important element about this draft because we're still in the process of really learning about this regime. We're, we're, we're now three years in, but we still haven't really figured this regime out fully, right? This offseason was the first time since they've gotten here that they've had the freedom to spend money in free agency. And this draft is going to be kind of an important period at the end of that sentence. It's not the end all be all. And the offseason isn't necessarily going to be over once we reach, you know, 7 p.m. Eastern time Saturday when, you know, Mr. Irrelevant is finally picked. You know, there will be more moves made post-draft as there is with all NFL teams. But it's going to be interesting to see, okay, you now spent all this money. You now can draft. What are you going to do in the draft? Right. For example, if they take a guard high. Right. Not only does that tell us what they think about Matt Hennessy, who was a Dimitrov draft pick. 
it also kind of tells us what they think about Jalen Mayfield and Justin Schaefer, right? You know, are they going to be more like the TD-led regime that tended to double down on their mistakes? And I don't want to necessarily throw Jalen Mayfield and Justin Schaefer under the bus. Under the bus, it's not necessarily fair to them to call them mistakes uh, at this point in their you know limited NFL careers. But so far, the results that the Falcons have gotten from those two draft picks has not been particularly promising. And this goes back to a conversation that we were having when Terry Fontenot had his initial uh, press conference when he was hired back in January 2021, right? And he talked about Ozzie Newsom as, uh, you know, someone that he looked up to. And one of the things that we've talked about many times on this podcast, and I'm sure many of you are tired hearing the story, but, you know, not everybody has been making this podcast their first listen uh, for the last couple of years. They're new to the show and they maybe haven't heard it yet. But I've often compared the difference between Ozzie Newsom and Thomas Dimitrov boiling it down to one or two moves, right? Ozzie Newsom used their top pick with the Ravens in 2012 on a pass rusher in Courtney Upshaw. After one year, the Ravens were clear that or Upshaw was not going to bring the juice opposite Terrell Suggs that they wanted at that position. So what did they do? They went out and got Elvis Dumerville, an all-pro player, you know, a couple of years before it led to the NFL in sacks in order to provide that pass rush. Meanwhile, you compare that to what Thomas Dimitrov did, taking Vic Beasley with his top pick in the 2015 draft, and the Falcons continually doubling down on, well, we're going to make Vic Beasley into a thing, right? And it's notable that Wednesday morning, Thomas Dimitrov was on a local radio station talking about that pick and Vic Beasley and how they kind of knew he wasn't necessarily passionate about it. I don't really care, right? I ain't about relitigating draft picks from eight years ago. I ain't about that life, guys. I don't care what Thomas Dimitrov has to say about draft picks eight years ago. Okay, but I am interested on that spectrum between Thomas Dimitrov, who's going to, you know, stubbornly commit to their draft picks and believe that they can get the most out of those players on one end of the spectrum versus Ozzie Newsom, who the key of Ozzie Newsom to me was not necessarily Ozzie always got the pick right. But Ozzie understood and the Ravens understood that when they got it wrong, they would move off of it. And that kind of how the Falcons address the left guard position, are they going to ride or die with with Jalen Mayfield and, and Justin Schaefer, that would be what Dimitrov would do? Or are they going to solve that and, and get their long-term left guard in this year's draft? That's something to me what Ozzie Newsom would wind up doing. So we'll see what happens, guys. And my hope is, you know, over this weekend and then over the ensuing six or so weeks that I'll pour through the film to break down the players that they get in this weekend, that all I need to really see from this team is a handful of players that I feel like can be contributors and solidify this foundation that this regime is building, form the core of what I think can be a successful NFL team for years to come. And we'll see if that happens. You know, there's always a chance that I'll be on these reaction podcasts on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, being like, yeah, I don't really see it with this guy. I hope we're not having those conversations, but we'll, we'll just have to sort of see. And, you know, we'll continue today's episode talking about some of the players that, at least in my eyes, makes sense for the Falcons. Some of these guys I'm a big fan of. Some of these guys I'm kind of lukewarm on. But players that I think are potentially on the Falcons draft board in the first four rounds at several key positions, we'll break it down as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. But I want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game. And, of course, as you guys, you know, Check out draft coverage on your phones, on your television, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You know, between Falcons picks, why not you pick up your your phone, download Ultimate Football GM, and and be a GM yourself and draft the players. It's 
It's always fun to draft players in this mobile game. Ultimate Football GM is completely free. It's playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want, when you want. It's a very challenging, realistic game. You're always, you know, drafting players like, hey, got to scout these guys, all this stuff. It's always fun with the draft. So make sure you check it out. And if you do, make sure you use the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store, and you'll get 100% free boost to your franchise. Again, that's Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in all caps, in the game store. And if you want to download this game, go to ultimate-gm.com. Look it up in your app stores. Again, that's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. So, guys, before we get into the Falcons' possible draft board, right, I want to give you a heads up that if you're looking for more coverage of the NFL draft and you're not just listening to Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay do whatever they do on ESPN and, you know, whoever's Daniel Jeremiah (laughs) and whoever else, you know, Rich Eisen are on NFL Network, no shade at those guys. But, um, you know, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, the hosts of Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast are going to be doing a live show here for the Locked On Network. You can find it, um, you know, starting at 730 Eastern time. Uh, on the YouTube, on the Locked On NFL Scouting page, uh, and they'll be doing live for rounds one, two, three, and then on Saturday they'll get you caught up uh, for each round. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On NFL Scouting on YouTube. So let's get into the Falcons draft board, and, and this is originally from Lauren Cox, the, the host of Locked On Bears, and he did it for the Bears, and I modified it for the Falcons. Uh, and so again, I'll do my best for the audio listeners to describe what. They're seeing on screen, but, you know, graphic on front of you. You can see my hands. <laughs> I'll be very animated behind this graphic. Uh, but basically, it's a sort of a draft board listing five positions and four potential targets with each of the Falcons' first-round picks, right? So the five positions I have listed here are offensive line, meaning guard, wide receiver, edge rusher, and we're going for all big edges, right? Interior D-line, right? And then defensive back which is going to include both corners and safeties. Um, And obviously, you know, the Falcons draft board is is going to be more than 20 players, right? But this is not meant to be comprehensive or anything like that. It's just meant to be sort of something that you guys, you know, a little cheat sheet that you can keep in mind as we get through the draft. But on the first row for the eighth overall selection that the Falcons have in round one, the players I have listed under offensive line is Peter Skoronsky from Northwestern. Uh, wide receiver is Jackson Smith and Jigma from Ohio State. The edge rusher is Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. The defensive lineman is Jalen Carter from Georgia. And the defensive back is Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback from Illinois. And some of these guys I have varying degrees of confidence that the Falcons will potentially pick um, in round one. If I was to guess any of these guys is the most likely pick, or at least the most logical pick to me, Peter Skoronsky would be that guy, right? If the board falls a certain way, you know, we talked about this yesterday with Bijan Robinson, the Texas running back, being a possibility that, you know, I think Arthur Smith wants to bring in someone who embodies the toughness, grit, the physicality that he wants to instill as the identity of this football team. I think Skaronsky checks that box. You know, JSN, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, I don't think is a serious contender for the Falcons at eight, but in a world where the Falcons trade back a couple of spots, maybe they can start uh, entertaining that as a possibility. I've mentioned before, I don't expect Jalen Carter to be the Falcons pick if he is available on the board at eight, even though he would be my pick because I see him as the best player in his draft. And I don't necessarily have the concerns about the off field immaturity stuff that's surrounding Jalen Carter, but that's due to sheer ignorance. Cause I don't really know enough about that to have concerns. So 
I just look at the player on the field. I think he's a great player. I would take him, but I don't think the Falcons are going to necessarily be in that mindset because they have more information than I do. Now, of course, at defensive back, you could easily swap out, you know, Christian Gonzalez, the Oregon corner, for Devin Witherspoon here. You know, I have the feeling that both of those guys are going to go off the board right before the Falcons pick at like six and seven. Uh, to Detroit, possibly Las Vegas, maybe the Cardinals if they move back, if the Vegas and Arizona switch places, who knows? Uh, so I don't know if those guys are going to be on the board, but they'll be very tempting, either one of those guys, if they are available for that pick. And, of course, there are other edge rushers beyond Tyree Wilson, who a lot of people think is going to be potentially the number two overall selection for the Houston Texans. Um, some people think he might be the Arizona Cardinals selection at number three if they stay put there over Will Anderson. Who knows? Uh, but other edge rushers would include Will Anderson, the Alabama pass rusher, Nolan Smith of Georgia, uh, outside linebacker Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, and Miles Murphy from Clemson. Now, we talked earlier this week about Nolan Smith being a possibility because there was a lot of heat for Nolan Smith over the weekend. That heat seems to be dying off over the last couple of days, but we'll just sort of have to see. To me, Nolan Smith, as I said before, doesn't make a ton of sense because the Falcons already have similar edges, undersized edges already on the roster, but maybe the Falcons believe that Nolan Smith has the right makeup that they, you know, that he's the best player available, even if, you know, he makes certain players like Lorenzo Carter and D'Angelo Malone and and Bud Dupree and Arnold Ebiketti redundant at this point, but we'll see. So, you know, again, we've spent three months talking about this pick. I don't really know, guys. Your guess is as good as mine. My best guess is Tyree Wilson would be the top guy on their board uh, if available. If he's gone, then my next best guess is Peter Skaronsky, Nolan Smith, and B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas as the most likely outcomes. And again, those latter two, especially Smith and, and Robinson, given a lot of chatter over the last couple of days that the Falcons want to move back. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that may be driven by the probability that Tyree Wilson is not going to be available for the Falcons at pick eight. Uh, and so, you know, if they move back five to eight spots, there's a chance that, you know, we spent three months talking about all these players and, and all of those players will be gone by the time the Falcons get on the clock and they wind up taking somebody that we haven't spent really any time talking about, such as Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback from Penn State, Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama, Deontay Banks, the cornerback from Maryland, just to name a, a couple of examples of guys that are expected to go somewhere in the teens or, or early 20s in this draft. So that's what kind of makes the draft fun, right? We don't know what's going to happen. But let's move on to round two with the Falcons at the 44th overall selection and the players I have listed under offensive line, Steve Avila, the guard from TCU, Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver from Ole Miss, Keon White, the edge rusher from Georgia Tech, Keanu Bitten, the defensive tackle from Wisconsin, and Cam Smith, the cornerback from South Carolina. Now, Benton was a player that I picked in my Monday mock draft for the Falcons in this round two spot. It does sound like Jonathan Mingo's gone from like a day three guy to a, a, a second round pick possibly, so that's why he's penciled here. I've heard some light chatter that, you know, Steve Avila might go in round one. Right. There's been a lot of buzz that Keon White will go in round one since he's been invited to the draft and is expected to attend. And, you know, Kim Smith might be having the opposite issue where he may be falling on the draft boards. Daniel Jeremiah and Dane Brugler both have him rated outside of their top 50 picks. And so maybe if the Falcons have a similar, they're targeting Cam Smith in round three as opposed to round two. So, you know, I have no idea how the Falcons are going to view these players. Right. For example, I put Steve Avila here. Maybe the Falcons have a higher grade on Cody Mock, the North Dakota State uh, offensive tackle, as a guard, possibly. Maybe the Falcons like, instead of Cam Smith, they maybe like his teammate at South Carolina, Darius Rushmore. And maybe they would target him at 44 and Cam Smith later in the draft. We simply don't know. Again, that's why the, the draft is fun. And basically my goal, guys, is to throw a lot of stuff at the wall and hopefully, just hopefully, some of that stuff 
will stick. So we're going to continue the conversation here on today's Lockdown Falcons and throwing continue to throw stuff at the wall for the round three and round four options uh, as we continue breaking down this possible rudimentary draft board here on Lockdown Falcons, guys. But before we get there, you know, maybe as you guys are watching the draft, you get a little hangry. You get a little upset, right? When the Falcons zig, when you expect them to zag at this pick or whatever, and you're like, what are the Falcons doing? So you just need a little bit of pep in your step. And the perfect snack for you during these moments is, is Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bars are delicious. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low in sugar, though. They're low in calories, but they have a whopping 17 grams of protein. They come in great flavors. And for years, we told you to head on over to Built.com, check out their newest flavors, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, you'll get 15% off your order. But now you can also go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club to get Built Bars. In Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream or double chocolate. And if you're at Sam's, run in, grab a 13-bar box of brownie batter puff or churro. Trust me, guys, you will thank me later. So as we wrap up today's Lockdown Falcons, uh, I do want to give another shout-out to all my everydayers that make this illustrious podcast their first listen each and every day. And I hope you guys continue to do that. Uh, We will be later on Thursday, we'll be doing a live show. So that should be in your audio feed. It'll be on the YouTube channel as well. Around seven o'clock, that'll be a lead in to, um, you know, the Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino live show on Lockdown, which you'll probably see me at some point when the Falcons make their draft pick. Uh, We'll have plenty of content on the YouTube channel uh, over the weekend, you know, short videos reacting to most, if not all the picks. Um, But that live show around seven o'clock PM Eastern time, it'll be an opportunity for you to ask questions again, you know, I'm recording this Wednesday, this current episode Wednesday afternoon. And so there will be 24 hours of, of stuff that will have happened between now and that next episode. Although maybe many of you guys aren't listening to this till you get off work on Thursday at 5 p.m. Um, but that's the plan for the live show. And then we'll do a live reaction to round one, probably around midnight. That's usually when the first round ends, midnight Eastern time. And then, of course, you know, throughout the weekend, we'll be doing our reactions to each day of the draft as well uh, to be posted at the end of, um, you know, every night or whatever it is. So that's the plan for this weekend, guys. And uh, check out the Discord. We'll probably do something on Saturday with a symposium, Twitter space type of thing as well. We'll see how I can handle that as I try to cover all my bases. So that will be something to keep an eye on. If you want to check out the Lockdown Focus Discord, there's a link in the description below. But anyway, let's continue the conversation looking at the third round of this mock-up draft board that I have. And the listed players I have for the offensive guard is Chandler Zavala, the NC State guard. Wide receiver is Rasheed Rice from SMU. The edge rusher is Zach Harrison from Ohio State. The D lineman is Zach Pickens from South Carolina. And the defensive back is Illinois safety, Jartavius Quan Martin. And, um, you know, I'm sure some of you guys may have not heard of some of these names, right? So Zavala played left guard at NC State. Last year was next to Iki Aquanu the Panthers first round pick. Um, And he has that coaching connection, right? The Falcons assistant offensive line coach, uh, Sean Flaherty, I I think uh, was also working with the offensive line the last couple of years in NC state before joining the Falcons a year ago. Um, You know, Rasheed Rice was a player that I had pegged for the Falcons in round three in my Monday mock. Uh, He's a kind of another contested catch guy, possession receiver can block basically the Arthur Smith prototype at the receiver position. We'll see if the Falcons veer off of that course. 
Uh, Zach Harrison's big, long, strong, raw, unrefined, but a nice developmental option if you're looking for a big edge. Um, you know, Zach Pickens, not a great run defender, but he does bring some juice as a pass rusher. And you do have that SC connection where the defensive coordinator at South Carolina was also part of that NC State staff that several Falcons assistants have been part of recently, a couple of years back. Illinois also fits that because a former NC State staffer is the defensive coordinator there and also coach the defensive backs. And this is why on this graphic, you see three Illinois uh, Illini DBs on it, right? And I'm not saying it's going to be guaranteed, but if you told me, if you ran up to me and said, hey, Aaron, I'm from the future, right? And the Falcons don't draft a single defensive player from South Carolina or Illinois, I wouldn't be totally shocked, but I would be somewhat surprised, right? It feels like we're going to get at least one of these guys at, at some point uh, uh, that has this coaching connection. And in this instance, uh, Jartavius Quan Martin is a safety nickel hybrid. He played pretty much exclusively in the slot at Illinois the last two years, but has safety skills. Basically, it's the idea that if you don't get Brian Branch in round one, you could potentially get Martin in round two or three uh, at some point. So moving on to round four, pick 110. The listed players I have is Nick Broker, the offensive guard from Ole Miss. A.T. Perry, the wide receiver from Wake Forest. Uh, Isaiah McGuire, the edge rusher from Missouri. Moro Ajomo, the D-tackle from Texas. And Sidney Brown, the safety from Illinois, right? Broker was a player that when I watched him a year ago at, at Ole Miss, when he was the blindside protector for Matt Corral, future Panther, by the way, or current Panther, by the way, um, you know, basically I called him a mean version of Weiss Schweitzer. So that's kind of what he brings to the table. Solid fourth round pick in my eyes, if the Falcons can't get their left guard earlier in the draft. A.T. Perry, big possession receiver that wins contested catches and can block, right? The Arthur Smith prototype, right? And as I said earlier, we're going to learn a lot about this regime. And I'm very curious to see what type of receiver they add, right? Maybe they give the Jets a call, right? Now that they've acquired Aaron Rodgers, maybe they're looking to move on from Corey Davis. Maybe we offer up one of these picks for Corey Davis and the Jets oblige. Who knows? But if the Falcons do draft a wide receiver, you know, is it going to be another one of these big bodied contested catch guys? Or do they look for someone who can actually separate, you know, the number one skill that a wide receiver needs in the NFL or someone that adds some explosiveness uh, to the position? That's what I think the Falcons need. But, you know, Arthur Smith going to Arthur Smith. So if you're wondering why Aaron hates A.T. Perry, if, if you've gotten that vibe from previous episodes of the podcast, you know, basically, as far as I'm concerned, A.T. stands for Auden Tate, right? Now, I think A.T. Perry is better than Auden Tate. But to me, one of the frequent criticisms I have for this regime is that they tend to have a very specific type of player that they like, and that's all they like, right? They tend to stockpile the same type of player, and it often leads to only one version of one one of those guys succeeding because these player skill sets don't complement each other, right? It's about the team, right? 11 guys that complement each other. And like to me, it's not a coincidence that Drake London, Auden Tate, Brian Edwards did not blossom here in Atlanta as so many people were, were you know, hoping for a year ago, right? because they're all kind of the same player. And, and clearly Drake London is the best version of that player. And so if you have Drake London, why do you need on tape? Why do you need Brian Edwards that we found out over the course of last year? So, you know, A.T. Perry could be a player that goes on to some other team and blossoms there. Right. And people will be like, Oh, you hated A.T. Perry. And it's like, I didn't hate A.T. Perry. I hated him in Atlanta. Right. <laughs> he could go blossom somewhere else because they don't have that type of player and he could go out there and fill that niche, but we'll see. As for Isaiah McGuire, he's a guy that I've only recently started watching this film and I really like his film. You know, there are certain players that are being mocked to go in the top 10 or, you know, Lucas Van Ness. 
that I think Isaiah McGuire is a better pass rusher than, right? Powerful pass rusher, has an array of moves, unlike Lucas Van Ness, who's just a power rusher, right? Not quite the athlete that LVN is, but we'll see. So McGuire would be a very good get in the middle rounds of this draft. Ojomo, a Shrine Bowl attendee. We know the Falcons were one of the coaching staffs at the Shrine Bowl this past year. Um, and I think we could see several Shrine Bowl players targeted by the Falcons on day three of the draft. Uh, Ajomo is a long but kind of undersized guy to be a full-time interior player, but I do could see him as kind of a option similar to um, Calais Campbell that could be sort of a big end that can play inside, outside, depending on, you know, down distance, all that stuff, you know, base in nickel D lineman, maybe, who knows. And so speaking of the Shrine Bowl, we know that the Falcons also love senior bowl guys. That is where the bulk of their draft picks have been. And you'll notice on these lists, no, no senior bowl guys in the first round, because usually the senior bowl is not putting out first round guys. Most of those guys opt out of the game. But four out of the five second rounders I have listed, Avila, Mingo, White, and Bitten were at the senior bowl. Three out of five third rounders I have listed were senior bowl guys. That's Rice, Pickens, and Martin. And three out of five fourth rounders, Broker, McGuire, and uh, Brown. We're also at the Senior Bowl, and of course, Perry and Ajoma were at the Shrine Bowl. So, uh, wrapping up, Brown completes the set of Illinois DBs, although Kendall Smith is another DB that's draftable, projecting as a late-round undrafted guy, uh, another safety for Illinois. But uh, Brown is a versatile player, can play the box. Play. He's not the biggest guy, but he's been primarily used at Illinois as a box safety, can play in the slot, all that stuff. We had Savion Mixon on the podcast, I believe, yesterday, talking about, you know, Sydney Brown. So if you want to get more insight into that, go check out yesterday's episode as your second listen today. So um, that's going to do it for us guys here on the draft board section. And we'll wrap up today's episode. And basically, you know, I hope I've given you a, a, a good enough spread of information that at least when we get to draft night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, that some of the players, the Falcons wind up picking, you've actually heard, right? Um you know, over the next month or so, we'll explore who the Falcons actually take fully, right? My pre-draft goal is to know a little about a lot of guys. And my post-draft goal is to know a lot about a handful of guys that the Falcons actually do take. So that's what you guys can look uh, in store for for your first listen. Of course, continue to check us out all throughout the weekend. A lot of content coming your way here on Lockdown Falcons, both on YouTube as well as your preferred podcast platforms uh, for the audio uh, check out the Locked On NFL Scouting live show throughout the night. Um, I'm sure I'll probably be making an appearance on other people's live draft shows over the course of the weekend. Probably Friday night, I'll be ducking in and out uh, of various places and, and hang out in Discord so that you can, you know, chat live with your fellow Locked On listeners, your first listeners, your everydayers, all that stuff in the Discord link in the description below. So, guys, really appreciate you joining me for one last one the penultimate pre-draft episode uh we'll we'll do one more right 7 p.m eastern time live on lockdown Falcons youtube channel uh but you know we're inching closer to that so we'll 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 see what the falcons do and hopefully we we come away with still positive vibes from this draft class rather than being like i don't know about this guy you know so we'll, we'll see what happens i, I i'm a kid on Christmas, you, you just don't know what you're going to get. You know, sometimes you get a shiny red bicycle. Sometimes you get a candy apple. It's like, hey, wrong with a candy apple. But, you know, it's like four bites and you're like, okay, I'm done with this. I don't, I don't need this. Right. So 
I don't know why that was the thing that popped in my head, candy apple as a disappointing Christmas gift, but that was the thing. Clearly, my brain is, is not normal, but, you know, how could I be normal doing this, talking about the Falcons every single day? All right. Anyway, guys, I'm rambling at the end of the show. That's going to do it for us here. Really appreciate you. Continue to check us out as your first listen. We're all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 